Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, it's great to be with you for another uh, podcast on the Inner Revolution podcast. And I have just been really uh, sobered in my spirit over watching what's been happening these past several months with you. I'm sure it's been a little bit startling, a little bit uh, hard to believe. You know what they say um, when it's too good to be true? Boy, it's hard to, it's hard to believe it's true, but I've been on the other spectrum. It's been so bad, it's hard to believe it's true, you know, with uh, just how things have been changing in not only our government, but in our landscape as a nation. And I think as believers, uh, we play a very important role in uh, not only um, our, our everyday life and freedoms and liberties, but also to protect and guard uh, our, our, uh, our religious freedoms. And I want to talk a little bit about this uh, today, about walking out your faith. And, um, and how I want to present this is uh, not in any way to criticize or to downplay anybody, but I, I have been noticing a very passive, aggressive kind of response from a lot of uh, Christians and believers where uh, it's been, you know, almost like a disconnection until it, uh, it touches them. And of course, there is this lashing out. I, I see that a lot on social media. I see this a lot in responses uh, uh, where people have um, just been been qualified as haters just because of the brash and reactive nature of of how people are responding. And um, I think we can do a better job in our response. And this is what I want to talk about today, to walk out our faith in the face of unbelievers, in the face of Marxism, in the face of secularists, in the face of liberalists, in the face of tyranny. Uh, these are words that I never thought I'd say in my own country, but uh, I see and you see the inroads that are, um, they're like little moles in the ground. They're just busy working, undermining everything that we believe and everything that we have enjoyed over many, many uh, decades. So what does it mean to really walk out our faith? Uh, because a passive aggressive person is, it's, it's almost like there's a, a drip of water that is constantly dripping, 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 and then there's an explosive reaction or a uh, fly off the handle kind of reaction. And, and, and that's counterproductive. I'll tell you why. Um, number one, I mean, we're seeing that, um, you know, this, this, this passivity, this apathy, the response is almost too late. Uh, and what I mean by that is by the time someone responds in anger and reaction, it, it, it's just like in a household when, when things, you know, let's say um, a family member is trying to implement the, uh, the rules of the house and there's really no response. And then it comes to a point where all of a sudden 
there's an explosion and yelling and throwing things. And by that time, uh, fear reigns and there's really no re reception or receptivity to really understand why we're doing what we're doing. But instead, it's just uh, absolute submission because of fear. Now, passive aggressives can be very uh, dangerous and uh, very unpredictable uh, people. And, and those kind of situations can be very um, damaging. So as Christians, we, we have to put one faith step uh, one faith step in front of the other and to act in a consistent manner, lifting up a consistent word with uh, without compromise, without hypocrisy, and say the same thing. And this is where our faith is really um, so important because we're dealing with supernatural things that uh, no natural means or no natural reaction or no natural solution can change. Uh, we cannot change people. We can only love people. We cannot change, um, you know, people again. We could say we can only pray for them. But our testimony, our actions, our words, our confession, our declaration, our decisions, these are things that uh, demonstrate another kingdom. So instead of being a passive aggressive, we can uh, faithfully stand in communicating uh, the truth. Now, in a situation like I just described, uh, when things are not in order, when things are, when there's really no concentration, especially in a home, um, a person that's awake spiritually can set up uh, rules and bring order in 1 Corinthians 14, 40 in their home. They can have principles that they live by, that they speak about, that they teach their kids, that they implement on a daily basis. Uh, maybe not perfectly, but there's a consistent pointing to it. These things will build uh, boundaries that will create a healthy environment in the home. But as believers, uh, we need those boundaries in our personal life. Like social media, I've just been, uh, you know, it's been provoking in one sense, in the wrong, in the wrong sense to see just the uh, reaction from Christians that swallow other Christians, criticize other Christians, and the world loves it. The devil laughs when a Christian criticizes and swallows up and devours another Christian. Why? Because it's the same thing that happened way back in, in, uh, in the Crusades when um, Northern Africa was, um, you know, there was evangelism happening in Southern Europe, and then all of a sudden the, the, the Christians started to uh, argue one with another, and they started to um, uh, just devour one another. And what happened is the Muslims came in Northern Africa and easily converted that area. Why? Because the Christians were arguing among themselves and creating a vacuum in these other places for the devil, literally, to bring in another uh, ideology, another, another belief system. And today it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a stronghold. It's a stronghold. So as Christians, we can't be passive aggressive. We have to speak the truth in love. We have to have a biblical narrative. And I stress that we have to have a biblical narrative. We have to move away from our own opinions. We have to move away from communicating in fear. Uh, we have to move away from um, 
you know, you know, being a nationalist. And, and I say that carefully because we are, we love our country. We, we love uh, being a citizen of a free nation, but my message is not my country. My message, your message is one that reflects a biblical narrative as citizens of heaven. Now, uh, why I say this to walk out our faith, you know, I've been watching what's been going on in Canada, like you. Uh, it's been alarming. Uh, this, an, a neutral country, maybe a socialist, socialist country in this regard, but very kind of peace-loving and compromising over the years. But we've seen a real shift where the church has been a tremendous target. Uh, we have been following, or I've been following this uh, pastor Coates, uh, that's been jailed for his faith, fences erected around his church, uh, and then also this other family where the father uh, was jailed because he spoke out against his child uh, and wanting a, um, a sex change, and he spoke out against it, and he was given a gag order and threatened that he would be jailed for preventing his child from getting a sex change. I mean, we're seeing a huge demonic shift um, where the devil is no longer, well, he's never passive for that matter, but he is aggressively, blatantly um, going after the, uh, you know, the Christian and also Christian principles. So again, uh, just getting back to religious freedom in Canada, you know, some people say to me, oh, that'll never happen in the United States. Well, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, we are seeing uh, a shift in things in our own country, uh, and we, sh we shouldn't put a blind eye to it, but we should walk out our faith and understand that anything could happen uh, in the right circumstances. Um, and the devil is like a little mole undermining the truth and trying to uh, discredit the, the kingdom of God. So again, so the Christian can't be disconnected from uh, what's going on in society and what's going on in his nation. Now, and that doesn't mean I'm glued or you're glued to CNN or Fox. I think we should stay informed, we should stay educated, but we also should have a huge uh, input of doctrine so that we know how to handle the other information that we are receiving. Obviously, the vaccines and the pandemic and the way our country is responding uh, uh, to these things is very alarming. And uh, just the target that the church has become, um, we know that this is not a natural thing. This is a supernatural uh, confrontation of kingdoms to um, remove the Christian presence in the United States and the world for that matter. And you look at what's happening in Europe, and you look at the fear, fear mongering, I should say, in our world, that is uh, shutting the mouth of the believer. And I, I would say that, uh, that really, we have to settle in our heart, you know, what kind of price are we going to pay for the gospel? Do we really believe what we're teaching and saying? And by the grace of God, will we stand when our number is called? And that's, uh, that's something that with you, I'm praying that we will be found faithful. But I want to look at you quickly here in Nehemiah chapter 6 and uh, to walk out your faith and to, uh, this is so important not to be passive or just to put a blind eye and say, oh, that, that's, uh, you know, that's happening to them, not me. I'm just going to go about my day. I'm going to go about my, 
my uh, my my happy life. Well, I really think we need to put our uh, we need to put our armor on and to put our our uh, thinking, uh, as it says in First Peter five seven, to be sober and vigilant. For there's a uh, a lion, the devil, seeking whom he may devour, and he is coming to devour you and me. It is not a question if, it's a question of when. So it's impossible to really prepare well in the trial because of pressure and many dynamics, but we must prepare before we must have our mind set on things above in Colossians 3, 1 through 3. We must have things settled in our heart that uh, when, uh, when confrontation knocks at our door, we must have a ready heart, a ready mind in Psalm 1844. We must have a ready, a ready uh, answer uh, to stand for truth, uh, to protect and to guard what has been so um, sacrificially given to us to be a steward of his manifold grace in 1 Peter 4.10. But unfortunately, I see a lot of people caving. I see a lot of leaders as uh, narrative starting to shift to uh, mimic or to uh, say the same thing as a secular or liberal narrative. And I, and I warn us, and I warn us uh, to not fall into that trap that to cave or be compromising, but to be live a quiet and peaceable life. Yes, uh, but also to uh, when someone knocks on our door, when someone asks us, we we have a word, we have a message, we have conviction, we have backbone, we have spit and vinegar. Uh, why? Because uh, just like when Stephen was stoned, Saul watched that and he was touched because his life was not as important as the life that he represented in the gospel. He gave up his life, Stephen did, and it impacted Saul. How many Sauls are we going to impact with our life when we walk out our faith? We have maybe a controversial view or, or a view that's uh, contrasting from, from the narrative of, of political um, approval or from uh, cultural thought. Uh, can we stand uh, in love and kindness, but also to have a contrary thought that is biblical, biblically centered, and not not in a combative way, but in a in a clear way of love and kindness, but it does not represent the spirit of the age, the zeitgeist, uh, and that we do not acquiesce. This is a big word I've been thinking about. We do not surrender without protest to acquiesce. There's a lot of acquiescing going along, a lot of silent, silent consent. No, no, we want to stand and walk out our faith. What does it mean to walk out our faith? It means to uh, be engaged, to have your head in the game by when, when people say things that are contrary to biblical principles, that we speak, live, and demonstrate the biblical principle. Uh, it's you know, not to uh, be passive or apathetic, because that's the spirit of the age, just back off, you know, let, you know, let bygones be bygones, um, you know, just don't rock the boat. Well, listen, if the boat is going towards a cliff, we better be rocking the boat, we better be sounding the alarm, we better be 
um, you know, grabbing the people in the boat and shaking them saying, listen, uh, it's a nice smooth ride right now, but we are yards away from going over a waterfall cliff. And, uh, you know, that's an important point. So walk out your faith, walk out your faith, have a biblical narrative, have a biblical demonstration, and have a spirit that is uh, full of conviction, full of kindness, and not compromise. We do not compromise. Uh, because if we compromise, and if we back off, and if we apologize, then guess what? We lose our impact, we lose our influence, and we lose our anointing in that particular situation to make, um, to make any impact. So um, another thing we can do to walk out our faith is pray. Prayer is really one of those things that maybe is underestimated, but prayer prepares the atmosphere, prayer prepares us, prayer brings the will of God to us without chasing something that looks like the will of God and we're guessing, but no, prayer is like having a spiritual light on in the darkness. Without prayer, uh, our, our power and our authority will be greatly diminished, so prayer really prepares us uh, so when the moment comes, like Mordecai, when he stood, uh, he was prepared in his spirit so that he could be prepared uh, in, in the flesh or in, in the physical arena when, when, uh, when he was called upon to stand or to fall, and he stood, he stood, uh, and I love Mordecai. My question is, how many more Mordecais are there out there? Um, I pray that, you know, with you, that I would be a Mordecai, that you would be a Mordecai, that we would not love our life uh, more than the life that was sacrificed for us on the cross. So again, uh, don't try to, uh, you know, live a culturally approved compliant life, but we, but we live a Christ-exalting life, a life that should demonstrate the opposite of what the world is saying. You know, they're saying peace, peace in 6-2 of Revelations, but sudden calamity will befall them. Why? Because it's a false peace. It's a false peace. And I've been really impressed with the, the pastor in uh, Canada. I got to go back to them. His wife, I, I just when watching some interviews with her, I'm really impressed with them because they're very kind, loving, but they're very dogmatic. They're very clear. And their their um, their 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 focus is not fighting people or fighting um, police or the the backwards thinking, but they are they are representing a clear uh, demonstration of who Christ is. And if you listen to their interviews, uh, it's um, it's very clear that there's no angst, there's no uh, political bent. By the way. If we get political, our, our spiritual influence is diminished. I, I got to say that straight up. We've got to be very careful uh, not, to, not to have a political narrative. Of course, we want to vote our values. We want to represent um, what we believe. But if we start to get in the mud and mire of politics, then we're going to lose our spiritual influence. Why? Because people today need to hear a clear demonstration of who Christ is and to walk out their faith. Okay, to be vigilant, evangelize. That's another one. Number three, evangelize, to share our faith. This is a day when people are crippled in fear, crippled in confusion. They are disoriented. Uh, they're 
uh, embracing narratives that they have no clue what they even mean. Uh, so evangelism to demonstrate and to clearly speak uh, a clear uh, character and nature of who Christ is. Because without a biblical center, we will not survive spiritually. We will not survive spiritually. We, we will become a casualty without a biblical center. Now, that means, yes, if we can come to church, um, that's super important to uh, vote with our feet, to get out there, to uh, be with the body, to... Uh, there's so many levels of importance of... Uh, of hearing the corporate word that the spirit has to say to the church. Uh, yes, get a personal word. Yes, have a personal devotional. Yes, have personal relationship with God. Yes, have a personal um, connection, a rhema word, but, but a corporate word, gathering together at all costs. Why? Because uh, the spirit is speaking something to the church that we will not gain on our own we must have a pastor teacher. And if we haven't realized that by, by now, uh, then, then really we're missing the entire boat. Um, we know that the building is not the church. We know that the people are the church, but gathering together uh, in unity to hear what the spirit is saying to the church, to be submitted, to be accountable uh, and to learn and to act out, walk out our faith from what we've learned because we're not going to we're not going to be able to learn on our own everything that we need to learn that's why we need a church i mean look at acts 2 41 through 47 that's what jesus said you know in acts 1 8 uh, again you're my witnesses go matthew uh we see in matthew 28 uh 19 and 20 again the great commission go teach and preach uh philippians 4 eight and nine. Again, learn, observe, observe, learn, and then do, 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 do. Action, implement your faith, walk out your faith. Um, and so evangelism. Again, evangelism, remember, is loving the person in front of you, uh, speaking a clear message of who Christ is. Uh, it's not necessarily trying to persuade them. That's the work of the Spirit. We make them accountable. We, um, we answer their questions best we can biblically. And we ultimately love them and uh, we sow the seed, we water the seed. And if God chooses to give us the harvest, then praise the Lord for that. But it's not like we're trying to do a one call close for people to get saved uh, through my prayer. Uh, if that happens, praise the Lord. But it's really um, presenting a clear message of Christ and the spirit does the, does the uh, persuasion, persuading. So, all right, Nehemiah chapter 6, 1 through 5. I mean, we see this, uh, these great verses here, and we understand that Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem of Arab, and the rest of the enemies heard that there was a rebuilding of the wall and that there were no breaks left in it. Isn't that interesting? Perfect unity, though. At that time, they had not hung the doors of the gate. That Sambalat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono but they thought to do me harm. So I sent messages to them saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times. Notice this. Symbolic is persistent. Symbolic is antagonistic. Symbolic is um, patient. And he is, um, he is, a, he is uh, relentless. Notice that. Uh, but notice again that 
the work is too important for me to come down. So it's imbalance in his service. Um, I'm sorry. So uh, why should I work? Why should the work cease while I leave it to come down to you in verse three? But they sent this message four times and I answered them in the same manner. Okay. So it's very interesting as you look through this chapter that there is a Sam ballot that is happening not only in our personal life where, uh, you know, with purity, with, uh, integrity, with, um, just our, um, our testimony would reflect our conversation and vice versa. Um, there's a Sam ballot always trying to undermine, always trying to, um, take us away from our Bible study, our, our, our prayer life, our, uh, faith life, our devotional life, our married life, where we minister to our spouse and lead them in truth. There's always something trying to pull us away, the great tug of war. And this is a great, this is a great, um, a great response. Why should I come down and entertain with you and be distracted? Um, and waste time and uh, be, be uh, sidetracked from uh, what God has called us to do. And I feel like that in America, like that right now in our own town, in our own city, in our own uh, nation, that right now we really have to be untainted and uh, pure in our communication about the gospel and to stand fast in the power of his might in Ephesians 6, 10, and not to come down off the wall and engage politically uh, in political narratives. Now, again, I want to balance that way. I think we should have a, and thank God for the Candace Owens and the other ones, the, um, the Carlton Tuckers and the, um, the Hannity's and the other ones that, that, that are defending our freedoms and, and engaging and saying, things so articulately that uh, communicate uh, the, the, uh, the privilege of, of, our, of our religious freedoms. But there's a lot of other voices that want to get us all riled up in our emotions and, and uh, cause us to be a bad testimony and make us passive aggressive and wanting, wanting us to lash out and to lose our testimony. Uh, over ridiculous things. And I just warn us about that, that let's not lose our testimony. Let's, let's, you know, just as they were building the wall with a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other, it's like we're, we're defending the work, we're continuing the work, and we're beating away the, the things that distract us from the work. We don't give them any place. So, this is a day to draw near. This is a day to speak in faith. This is a day to stand. This is a day. Why? Because the devil is tr constantly trying to shut down our voice. So don't, so don't be disconnected. Don't be intimidated. Very, very easy to be intimidated. Um, you know, one writer said that if we have intimacy with God, we will not be intimidated by man. Now, this is where prayer is so key. This is where being around godly people is so key. This is where having an inner sanctuary and having the Spirit strengthen us is so key because we are no match for the devil. We're no match for what's coming around us. But listen, the devil has been defeated. This world system has been defeated. Uh, it seems like it has the upper hand at this point, but it's ultimately defeated and will be cast into the lake of fire. So as Christians, 
we want to walk as an overcomer. We want to walk as a with a biblical narrative, a biblical center. And uh, and you know what? Listen, if people uh, come at you with a con with a contrary view, love them, pray for them. And uh, in Amos chapter five, uh, in some cases, we're silent in verse 13, where the prudent will keep silent in the day of evil. Why? Because we don't answer a fool his folly. So again, we, we're not um, moving in our emotions, we're moving in the spirit. We're not moving because of fear, we're moving because of the spirit. We're, we're not uh, devouring people or criticizing other leaders. Why? Uh, because we're taking care of our own vineyard and we're before the Lord uh, being very careful how we speak. And, uh, and we're in a day of cancel culture. And uh, let me just tell you this, people will stand before God for the way they cancel out uh, people because God doesn't cancel out people. Romans 14, four, they will stand before him and stand they will. So I don't, I don't, I want to be very careful if, you know, speaking against someone that has walked with God and they're no better than you or I, um, but they are uh, anointed of God and failure is never final with the father. And therefore uh, it can be forgiven and it's destructive. Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely, no, um, it's, it's terrible all the way around, but I will say this, that we're not going to cancel somebody out because of, 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 of their fleshly nature. We want to um, lift up what Christ has done and what Christ, how Christ has used them and focus on that. And if we think we're any better than, than them, we are proud, arrogant Pharisees. So we want to really have a humble spirit and not judge things before it's time. Well, anyway, I got to close here, but I'm just stirred up with you. Let's walk out our faith. Let's walk out our faith. Let's be, uh, let's be faith walkers. Let's be speakers of faith, love, kindness, truth. Don't be afraid. Nothing to be afraid of because it's the truth that will stand ultimately. When heaven and earth pass away, my words will never pass away. So today, maybe as you work, as you go about your day, uh, find little ways, pray for ways to represent truth, to um, rep have, a, have a message that pr produces life, um, and just be careful not to get entrenched or, or to let Sam Ballot take you off your wall, to get you in some conversation that gets you into some convoluted uh, cockamamie. That's a good word, cockamamie. Uh, just this... this um, I love that word. Actually, I haven't used it in a long time, but this absurdity, this backwardsness, don't let Sam Ballot bring you into some uh, wasted um, hot air conversation where our emotions are, are, uh, are exercised without our brain. Okay. We want a spiritual brain, spiritual intelligence and spiritual um, courage and boldness in these days. And that happens on our knees, that happens in our Bibles, that happens as we draw near to the body. And uh, let's, let's have some backbone in these days. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.